Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. We have been asking you on Live 95's Facebook page, the government talking about introducing minimum unit pricing for alcohol. What do you make of this? Jack says, what's next? Carbon tax increase this week. Um, now this, t- time to take to the streets before they totally ruin this country. Bernadette says, another tax. Um, Martin says, just like the carbon tax, they're taxes and tax it, but not offer anything in return. Mark says, it's simply a tax on those of lower income. They think it will reduce consumption, as it did in Scotland, and it might. However, it will also lead to a massive rise in the use of other drugs. Henry says, I'm a pensioner who has two cans of Smithix every night and three at the weekend. I live alone and only have RTE and Network 2 and uh, the radio um, on Live 95. I love Lendinine. They've taken the pubs away from us and now they want to uh, put up the price of a tin of alcohol as well. So I'm not impressed there. Anthony says, sure, all the counties up the north will benefit uh, from it because they won't introduce it at the same time uh, there. Sean says they've postponed it uh, to January. Uh, now uh, they know thousands will do their shopping in the north. Uh, Christy says, just more tax to pay for their pay rises. Um, and Richard says, I think this country is run by greedy people. Bernard says, codswallop. Um, uh, Anthea says, a nanny state exercise. I'll still buy what I want. So, not going down very well with our listeners um, this morning. Uh, this uh, minimum price alcohol um, uh, plan. And uh, Eunan McKinney from Alcohol Action Ireland. And listener uh, Kaylee is with us now. And you're both very welcome. Uh, Eunan, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> not a, a not at all not at all popular union um people really don't like this one little bit maybe it's got to do with a year of feeling as though they've had to adhere to all sorts of advice and instruction from on high but they're, they're not thrilled with this one no i i think if, i think it successfully demonstrates that our great love of alcohol is alive and well in Ireland. But if I can, I'll certainly address some of the the immediate points by some of your listeners who very kindly obviously contributed to the discussion this morning. I think the first thing to say to people is that the minimum unit pricing is is been introduced and it will be introduced in the 1st of January. That seems to be the intention. Um, It's a public health measure. It's about trying to ensure that the heaviest users, the binge drinkers, uh, will drink a little less. And and why will they drink a little less? They'll drink a little less because they'll buy a little less. And ultimately, why would the public health be, measure be doing that? It's doing it because we're losing three people a day in relation to alcohol-related deaths, and we're spending, as a country, just north of $1.8 billion on the healthcare costs to manage those particular uh, illnesses and incidents. So there's a real public health dimension to what's required here because when we drink a little less we actually will reduce those harms. Now if I could 
just briefly take some of the points that were outlined. Well, you can't say, I, I, just, I just want to ask you one question. Yeah, because sure, Patricia, sure. Patricia Callan has been talking about this and she's Director of Drinks Ireland, as you she know is. well. Um, so clearly she's coming from her perspective. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. She says uh, that um, in the context of the debate, it's also important to highlight that alcohol consumption in Ireland declined last year by 6.6% to its lowest level in 30 years. Yeah. Well, obviously, Patricia Callan represents the alcohol producers. The alcohol producers rely, depend on 60% of their sales on the heaviest drinkers. So there's a perspective that needs to be taken into the context and the commentary from Patricia Callan. Um, and so, of course, there will be, there will be, a, the whole endeavour is that if we're trying to do, if we're trying to address our problem with alcohol and the, the impact that's having on society, we simply have to accept that we are going to sell less alcohol. And that, that's a fundamental point for this. So to your listeners, the point about tax, it isn't a tax. People are being misled by the alcohol producers and business interests who are the retailers of alcohol to believe that this is a tax. It is not a tax. There's no additional revenue being gained by the state in relation to minimum unit pricing. What minimum unit pricing simply does is it it ensures that those cheap, strong alcohol products cannot be sold beneath a certain price. So that's not a rise, that's beneath. And the point about the elderly gentleman who enjoys his couple of cans of Smithings, that gentleman will find that there is absolutely no change to the price of the price of the cans of Smithings. Because Smithings, like all the other leading brands of beer and lager, are branded products. They're, they're premium products, and you pay way and above the price of minimum unit pricing for those cans or for any product that is branded. So if it's spirits, if you take any of the leading brands in vodka, gin, whiskey, all of those products are currently well above what would be the minimum unit pricing. What this targets essentially is those products that are exceptionally cheap, exceptionally affordable. And, you know, people like organizations like the WHO who, you know, have a strategic policy globally on reducing alcohol harm because it's killing about 600,000 people every year in Ireland, in, across the world. Um, you know, they have a policy, their, their idea and their policy is to make alcohol less affordable. And by making it less affordable, you do reduce alcohol but, but does harm. that mean that in essence then you won't necessarily impact people in some of the leafy suburbs of Limerick or Cork or Dublin, but that this will target the poor? No, what this targets is people who do themselves the most harm in relation to heavy use of alcohol. That's the point. And it, but, you but know, the only thing about that is the, that obviously the, if you can afford you know, a very expensive bottle no, no, of wine, no, no, for no. example... Just let yeah. me finish the point. If, yeah, sure, if, if, sure. if you can afford that and you yeah. can afford 10 of those bottles because you come from that uh, background, you'll do as much damage to yourself, won't you? Yeah, but again, the lower income people are the most, first and foremost, are the most, uh, um, the highest level of non-drinkers exists within the lower income groups. The lower income groups are also the highest adherer to what we call low risk engagement with alcohol by about 95%. And the studies and the estimates in relation to the minimum unit price demonstrate that the low-income groups are the 
groups who will be the least affected in relation to minimum unit pricing because they have such a limited engagement with alcohol. Who has who will benefit? Who will this target most? Are the people who are probably the young who binge drink, who are the Europe's number one binge drinkers across uh, uh, Europe, and the heaviest users of alcohol who spend a significant amount of their income on purchasing the greatest amount of alcohol that they can purchase for that fund. And so there, that's the objective. Overall, overall across population, we would endeavour, we would hope that this would reduce alcohol consumption by about 8%. And in the context of the heaviest users, we could see up to 15% reduction in alcohol use. Now, what would that mean in, in day-to-day terms? What that means in day-to-day terms is less people presenting at the emergency departments of, of Limerick hospitals uh, with, alcohol, with acute alcohol episodes. That's what that means. Right. And this, that is the point. Right. We're chatting to Eunan McKinney from Alcohol Action Ireland, and I mentioned we have listener Kayleigh Hardiman on the line as well. Hi, Kayleigh. Hi, Joe. How are you? So the, the points that you made, there's some very interesting ones, including around young people. What's your view? Well, I mean, we know, we know well, first of all, that um, Ireland is a country that, you know, drinks more than the most. Um, but I think the point made that it kind of targets the higher income people, um, I find kind of confusing because um, obviously students, you know, spend a lot of, um, well, not spend a lot, but they will spend a certain amount of money on alcohol. And as uh, and as Eunan said, um, one of the biggest kind of beige drinkers in Europe. Um, but I don't think that students would be part of a higher income group. So I think students and young people are probably going to have a problem with this Um because cause they, they really don't have that much money and especially... Now, the last year or two, um, a lot of students don't have jobs anymore and they just can't afford it. But I think my problem with it is that it's kind of, they're kind of doing the same thing again and just increasing the amount of alcohol instead of um, kind of encouraging people to, you know, not to get into the culture of drinking and to try and, I suppose, make more supports available for um, binge drinkers and um, for people with alcohol addiction problems. Right. And Kelly, I mean, would you suggest, for example, that at some of the controversial house parties that we've heard about in recent months, that it's unlikely to have been Santa Million Grand Cru that they were drinking and maybe more of those slabs of cheaper beer? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, Is it really? Because cer- certainly, I, you know, I, listen, I've got into off-licenses myself over the last few months. Uh, and generally speaking, when I see people um, um, leaving um, and it's impossible to know for sure, um, you would get the impression that slabs are being bought rather than two or three bottles. Yeah, I mean, it probably is the, the cheaper cans. But I really don't think that increasing the prices are going to stop students or probably most people. Um, from continuing to buy the same amount of alcohol that they would because it's... I I just don't think you're going to uh, solve the problem with alcohol that we have by bringing up the price in a little bit. I think there's a lot more... um, There's a lot more things that need to be considered 
than just trying to encourage people to buy a bit less alcohol because the price is higher. Union? Well, the point about price is that that's exactly what it does do. It, it, is, it is a proven fact that if you make the product a little bit more expensive, you will actually ensure that less is sold, uh, especially amongst the, the, the target group that we spoke about. And just to repeat, it's not targeting high-income people. I didn't say that. What I said is it's targeting binge drinkers and the heaviest users of alcohol. And so those two particular cohorts, when they're when the impact is felt by them... so. And can you, you know, just explain it, to it, me, does the research show that people on higher incomes are less likely to be binge drinkers? No. But the, what it shows in relation to MEP is that people who are high income, uh, uh, the high income groups are most likely to be the most impacted by minimum unit pricing because they spend a higher amount of their income on alcohol. Do they not have... I'm sorry to show... Because because I think Kayleigh has the same issue here in that it just feels counterintuitive because if people have more disposable income because they have more money, can they not absorb this price uh, minimum pricing thing much more easily? Yeah, they, they, they will to some degree, but not to the total degree. And remember, this is about trying to reduce a little... So 8% across the population, 15% in the, in the heaviest drinkers. It's not, you see, we fall into this trap that we're somehow moving into an argument around prohibition or trying to stop people. We're not trying to stop people. What the public health endeavour is to try and ensure that people drink a little less. So if you're spending, if, if three people club together and put a tenner in a pot and they want to buy, as they can today, six flagons of cider, that are available, two litre flagons of cider that are available for a five or each in supermarkets. As and from when minimum unit pricing is put in, those three individuals will only be able to buy three flagons of cider because they'll be now at 9.40. Right. And so well, that's, well, that's a good that's point. A so, demonstration of just okay. Well, that so is a good demonstration. Those people drinking the cider. What we're stopping. What we're trying to ensure is that they drink less. Yes. Of the cider so, in so, an episode. So, Kelly, does that make sense to you? Yeah, on the whole, obviously, I agree with the with the sentiment of of the uh, minimum unit pricing. But I, I do think that there's a few other things that could be addressed with alcohol in the country. Um, of course. Yeah. So I, you know, I, um, I would just like to see, um, especially kind of as we're coming out of COVID time, fingers crossed, um, for things like the whole culture around it to kind of. You know, just for that to kind of change and for more... I think the problem in Ireland is all of the events are heavily alcohol-oriented. And... Kate is completely right. I I just think that if we could kind of make more events and gigs and things like that, which hopefully will be starting off later in the year or next year, um, less around, you know, alcohol enjoyment and binge drinking, then I I feel that efforts like that would be probably a lot more effective well, than well, it's, it's very interesting I mean Timmy's been in touch with us to say uh, Joe people will drink or smoke if they choose to whatever the cost full stop well, um, that's not true Joe that's just not true I, mean, I, I know and you're, tobacco, you're making that point yeah, you know, but yeah. I, I, tobacco, I, I, tobacco has significantly reduced in this country over a generation from 44% smoking to 17% smoking price is a fundamental part of that policy yeah. But do you not also have, and it's not to the same degree, and I totally accept that, a very significant black market in cigarettes now? 
It is, but again, the public health measure is about trying to ensure we do less of these things. Mm. And so there's the price, there's the there's the prize being demonstrated. Okay. You know, over a generation, we've dramatically shifted how much and, tobacco use we have. And, you and when, we need to do the same with alcohol. When Drinks Ireland says that, for example, a well-known brand of gin costs 13, 80, 18 euro, 39 cent in Asda in Enniskillen in the north would cost more than 29 euro here. Do they not have a point about that? They have a point, but the point about that is reliant on the idea that there's going that alcohol is the main driver of cross-border shopping, which is not. The main driver, there's a number of factors that are involved in cross-border shopping. First and foremost, over 60% of it is carried out by people who live in the border counties. So we're not going to move those people anytime soon. And their decision to choose to shop in Northern Ireland is largely based on the cheap availability of food products, the cheap availability of cosmetics, and the cheap availability of clothes. And why are they cheap? They're cheap because the cost of living in Northern Ireland is 27% beneath Ireland. The currency make difference obviously gives a benefit to them sometimes. And the VAT rate is significantly less in Northern Ireland. So they're the major drivers in relation to cross-border shopping. And ensuring that there's a floor price put on alcohol which is endeavouring to save people's lives in Ireland, is not going to be the major catalyst for a rush to the border. I certainly don't think the people of Newcastle West or Ballylanders are going to get in their car and drive to Newry so that they can save a fiver. Well, well yeah, I mean, you, you, you make an interesting point there, but I mean, I can tell you because I do the journey reasonably regularly that actually the, the drive from Limerick City to um, Belfast city centre is now three hours, 40 minutes and um, yeah. on, without a traffic light between yeah. Limerick City and Belfast. And you get across yeah. the border much more quickly than that. I'm sure. I'm sure you do. But the point I'm making is, are you going to make that journey so that you can save five or ten euros in relation to a, a bottle of vodka? No. Well, well it's a funny question. you should say that because, I mean, a lot of people around here will go shopping at various times of the year across the border for various things, not just alcohol. Yeah, well, now, that, now, you see, that's the point. Yes, they may go for various things. Well, we can't, we can't go and blame the endeavour to ensure better public health outcomes in relation to alcohol-related harms for the motivation of people to go shopping. Mm. There are many, many, many factors, as we just discussed, many, many factors involved. And people may decide, of course, as they do today, you know, over 500 million leaves the state every year in relation to cross-border shopping. That's going to continue. There's no question about that. Yeah, but will there not perhaps be more of an incentive to do it further into the Republic? No, because I don't think, not unless they're going to make the price of cosmetics, clothes and food even cheaper. Because they're the main drivers in relation to what motivates people to go. So you, you, what shopping. you're basically saying, going back to your public health argument, is that the percentage that will be driven entirely by alcohol to go across the border won't it's outweigh minuscule. the overall percentage exactly. that's going to benefit from this. Exactly. And, and, and what's remember, fascinating here, Union, is you're making you're making a case yeah. here that is similar to the case that's been made around the public health mar- measures in COVID, which has been largely missed. Uh, which is that it isn't about the individual. It's a bit like the COVID testing. People think that they're asked to go for COVID testing for their own benefit. They're not. No, they're asked to go for COVID testing because of the public health priority. A, yeah, the collective benefit. Collective benefit. The public good. Public good in relation to this measure in particular, I think, is overwhelming. And in that context, we should be supportive of it and we should be recognising that it's quite a tailored measure 
and it will improve the lives of an awful lot of people and indeed their families and the communities. And even in the context of, you know, employer organisations like IBEC, for the life of me, I cannot understand how they are not supporting this particular measure. I mean, the productivity loss alone in relation to alcohol-related harm is north of 60 million in this country. So, like, we really have to make, if we're really serious about trying to endeavour to do something mm-hmm. about this problem, you know, price is a, is a factor. Is a factor. No one, one last question. When the yes. pubs open up, yes. and separate to the public health measure, there is some talk that to recoup losses, they will increase the price of alcohol in the pubs. Will that have any impact on public health? Well, at the moment, in, in normal times, uh, about a third of the alcohol that we use is is purchased and consumed in licensed premises. Um, I suspect that if the vintners uh, and the restaurateurs were to increase the price of alcohol, um, you know, sustainably over a longer period, I think that people would vote for their feet. And I think the concern that we would have coming out of COVID and going back to Kelly's point in relation to just the level of of you know, concern that there is around treatment and services available for people. You know, the real concern... Mm. What do you mean by vote with their feet? Well, it just comes to the point that that I think that people will will continue to drink at home, the level of alcohol use at home, um, because alcohol purchased in the on-trade or off-trade in terms of supermarkets and retailers, the purchasing power at the moment is around four to five. Right. So, uh, so, so, so even the minimum alcohol pricing won't impact that in the long term if, for example, in pubs they increase prices when no, they come back? No, 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 no. Right. no the pubs and pubs and restaurants is completely different because yeah. obviously that cost reflects rent, rates, yes. employees, yes. all the rest, insurance, etc. Oh, okay. Well, look, a fascinating discussion this morning. Thank you very much for talking to us, both of you. Uh, listener Kayleigh Hardiman, appreciate your time. And Eunan McKinney from Alcohol Action Ireland. What do you think? Keep your views coming to us. Call Limerick today now on 461995.